You know you've got a comeback in you. When you take the next step, you're going to make it count. For your career, for your family, for your life. You can earn a degree you're proud of with Purdue Global. Purdue Global is backed by Purdue University, one of the nation's most respected and innovative public universities. This is your chance. This is your opportunity. This is your comeback. Purdue Global, Purdue's online university for working adults. Start your comeback today at purdueglobal.edu. What's up? This is your boy Lil Duval, and check out my podcast, Conversations with Unc, on the Black Effect Podcast Network. Each and every Tuesday, Conversations with Unc podcast feature casuals and in-depth talk about ebbs and flows of life and the pursuit of happiness. Unlike my work on stage, I tap into a more serious and sensitive side to give life advice and simply offer words of encouragement, yet remind folks to never forget to laugh. Every Tuesday, listen to Conversations with Unc, hosted by Lil Duval on the Black Effect Podcast Network, iHeartRadio app, or wherever you get your podcasts. Presented by AT&T. Connecting changes everything. What kind of programs does this school have? How are the test scores? How many kids do a classroom? Homes.com knows these are all things you ask when you're home shopping as a parent. That's why each listing on Homes.com includes extensive reports on local schools, including photos, parent reviews, test scores, student-teacher ratio, school rankings, and more. The information is from multiple trusted sources, and curated by Homes.com's dedicated in-house research team. It's also you can make the right decision for your family. Homes.com. We've done your homework. Hey, everyone. This is Jody Sweeten from the podcast How Rude, Tanneritos. I've been needing a quick getaway with my family, and the 2024 Hyundai Santa Fe is the perfect vehicle to take us there. It has standard third-row seating, so I'm able to pack my entire family, plus pets, in the car while also having enough room for our camping essentials. Available H-Track all-wheel drive will get us through any dirt trails, and available dual wireless charging pads will ensure we never have to worry about getting stuck with a dead phone in the middle of nowhere. Visit HyundaiUSA.com. Or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This is Intimate Knowledge with Megan King. Shh, it's a show about sex. Welcome back to Intimate Knowledge. I am your host, Megan King. You can find me at Megan King on Instagram or go to GaiaHavenExperience.com to go on some of my women's growth retreats. We're going to Zermatt in July. I'm super excited. It's going to be amazing. Go meet, come meet me in Switzerland. All right. So we have an incredible guest today, Dr. Brighton. Um, she she is, has a wealth of information, this really cool book called Is This Normal? Coming out and talks about all kinds of women issues. But before we get to her, some headlines that I want to run through. So this Bachelor finale, right? I don't even watch The Bachelor. I don't even know why. Like, do people watch The Bachelor? People are obsessed with The Bachelor. I was just at the iHeartRadio Music Awards, and there's all bachelors everywhere. There's a million bachelor people. There's girl bachelors. There's boy bachelors. They're, they're everywhere. And they're all gorgeous. And they're all in their 20s. And they're all like these straight edge people. And it's very cute. It's almost like a Disney princess type of movie come to life, but it's boring. I think it's boring. Apparently I'm not alone in this because this is like supposedly the most boring season or something. Well, Zach, who's the bachelor 
So he goes into his fantasy suites, right? Saying he's not going to have sex. Like that was his rule. He doesn't want to have sex with anybody going into the fantasy suites. Well, he actually did. He ended up having sex with one of the girls in the fantasy suite. He then even pick her. So the sex must have been horrible. That's the only thing I can infer from that. You got to test out the goods before you really, you know, lock it down. So I think that was just a poor experience. And I like, honestly, it's kind of embarrassing. Why does he even have to talk about it? That's the thing. And but then this other chick on there, she she got kicked off too. Her name's Ariel. And Ariel was pissed off because she was like, wait a minute, like you decided that we weren't gonna have sex. Um, that that's like a mutual decision that we should arrive to together. And he was like, Oh yeah, you're right. I'm sorry, and apologized to her. Well, is it like we uh, if we're gonna talk about consent, I'm gonna talk to, to um Dr. Brighton about consent. He should be able to make that decision on his own. I don't think he needs to apologize to Ariel for trying to for saying that he didn't want to have sex with Ariel or the, with anyone. But but then he did. But then he did have sex with Gabby. So the whole thing is just really weird to me. And then now he's like all boohooing and apologizing. It just seems like very immature, the whole thing. And Zach, you you should just come on the show. We should, we should just like really hash it out. So come on the show, come on intimate knowledge. We'll talk about it. I mean, sex isn't required in these fantasy suites, but yeah, he made a freaking big deal out of it, but also it's the bachelor. They made a big deal out of everything. And <laughs> Zach is like, he's like all worried, I guess, because this is supposedly a really embarrassing season of the bachelor. I'm not em embarrassing. Oh, that might've been a Freudian slip, but I think um, th this is a very boring season of The Bachelor. So maybe he's just trying to like create some drama for content purposes. I don't know. I don't know. Maybe the hosts are producing it a little bit more. I can't imagine. That show has to be so damn produced. I cannot imagine it. I don't know. I can't even talk about The Bachelor anymore. Let's move on. This is a more fun subject. So I read this article about pheromone perfume. I first found out about pheromones. Gosh, it was I was a little girl and I was fascinated by it. So basically, it's like the natural scent that you give off as a person. It's like going back to our animal days. So it's your natural scent that your sexual partner is attracted to sexually, right? So there's this pheromone perfume that's like taking off on TikTok. And I loved reading this article because first of all, this pheromone perfume does not sound like it smells very good. This woman who wrote this article, she's saying that um, it smelled like that old like lip smackers, strawberry, like chapstick. And then she had to like mix other scents with it. That just sounds like a lot of work. So they take the pheromones and they say, okay, it's not going to you know, change your life or anything, but it will help, I guess, partners be more attracted to you sexually. So this chick, she puts it on and she tries to get this guy out of the friend zone and to see if he's attracted to her. It was, it was a miserable flop. Did, it failed. It didn't work. She says she got more looks and everything from like other potential suitors. I don't know. I kind of feel like this might be a gimmick or it could be a placebo effect. And we, she talks about it too, because if you're putting on pheromones, then in your mind, you're like, oh, I'm, I'm, everybody wants me. Right. And so you're going to probably give off that confidence. So I think there's like some sort of psychological benefit here that this pheromone perfume can somehow produce, I guess. I don't think I would try this. I think, I mean, it doesn't, there's no harm in it, right? Like you're not going to lose anything, but what about this thing called vabbing? 
this is a thing you guys. So it's when you, I, I really struggled to even get the words out of my mouth. It's when you take your vaginal fluid and you like rub it on your body and that, that is pheromones, right? And that's your natural scent. And it's supposedly like your partner is going to be attracted to that. If you guys have done this, I want to hear all about it. And I want to know if it works. I want somebody to do it in secret. And then I want to see if it works. I don't want to be smelling that. I'm not going to like rub my vagina and like put it on my neck or my hand. I don't know. I don't want to smell that. But I do understand the attraction to someone who smells good. I, I, I love that. I'm definitely more attracted to somebody if they smell good, male or female. I mean, just in general, it's just a nice... It just feels nice to be around. You don't want anybody to smell bad. Gross. It's disgusting. All right. So that's that. You guys, I'm back in the news now. So I should probably address it because it's all over the place. So I talk about it on my subscriber channel on Instagram. But so Jim, my ex, he he, um, wants 50-50 custody. I don't understand why like this is such a newsworthy thing. He doesn't have 50-50 custody, but now all of a sudden he wants it. So I don't understand why he's going to press saying this. It's like, oh, now you're saying you want to be like a 50% dad. Like that's kind of a normal thing. So you're basically you're just exposing to the world that you don't have what would be quote unquote normal, in a, especially in a state like Missouri, which is a 50-50 state. So that's going on. I'm not really worried about it. My kids are the light of my life and- everything will just work out how it's supposed to. And that's really all I want to say on that because it's fucking exhausting. I'm sick of being in the press and with my personal life and I just want it to go away. So there we have it. And everybody can just learn how to play nice and just respect each other as humans. And then we could all get along and it'd be perfect and beautiful and amazing. Okay. So we have Dr. Brighton in the waiting room and I want to bring her on in. This is it, your moment. This is your time to make your comeback with Purdue Global. When you come back with a Purdue Global degree, you create opportunity for yourself, your family, and your future. It's a degree you can be proud of, a degree that employers will trust and respect. Purdue Global offers working adults like you over 175 flexible degree programs to meet your specific career goals. These include associate, bachelor's, master's, and doctoral degrees and certificates. Purdue Global degree programs range from nursing to business to communication and more. Whatever your interest, we have the degree that will move you forward. You have the knowledge. You have the experience. Now it's time to get credit for the work you've done and earn the recognition you deserve with Purdue Global, Purdue's online university for working adults. You know you're worth it. We do, too. So don't wait another second to get the degree that will take your career to the next level. Start your comeback today at purdueglobal.edu. With every CBD product claiming to do something different, it's nearly impossible to decide what's best for you. Lazarus Naturals pioneered the farm-to-front-door model of transparency where they handle each step of the production process to ensure quality, potency, and consistency. Scannable labels allow you to see the test results of your hemp batch so you can be confident in the safety and quality. Visit LazarusNaturals.com today. Lazarus Naturals, committed to improving your life as well as the world around you. Not available in Idaho, Iowa, or South Dakota. Snag a job is where America goes to hire. With the deepest talent pool in hourly hiring. With access to over 6 million active hourly workers... 
Snagajob is the all-in-one solution for hiring high-quality employees who can cover all your needs. On demand, temp to hire, part-time or full-time. You name the position. Warehouse worker, retail associate, grocery store clerk, fitness trainer, baker, stylist, bellhop, podcast producer. Yeah, Snagajob's got a worker for that. With our easy-to-use platform, you're able to seamlessly post and fill available positions quickly with a dedicated customer support team to provide all the help you need along the way. Kind of nice knowing you have a talent pool like that in your own backyard, right? Snagajob is the partner you need to keep your business running smoothly. So visit snagajob.com or text snag to 242424 to talk to an expert. Snagajob.com, where America goes to hire. Like many of us, you might think identity theft will never happen to you. But consider this. There's a new identity theft victim every three seconds in the U.S. That's over 15 million people by the end of this year equal to the populations of New York, Los Angeles, and Chicago combined. Even worse, identity theft victims often don't even know they're victims. That's why LifeLock Identity Theft Protection alerts you to identity threats, even the ones that don't show up on a credit report, like data breaches, fraudulent bank transactions, loan and credit card applications, and crimes committed in your name. If your identity is stolen, your own dedicated LifeLock U.S.-based restoration specialist will work to fix it. LifeLock protects you in ways that you simply can't on your own. Join now and save up to 25% your first year at LifeLock.com iHeart. That's LifeLock.com iHeart to save up to 25%. Identity theft protection starts here. Dr. Jolene Brighton, thank you for coming on the show. It's so nice to meet you. And I love Thanks. this setup that you have. You no, look cool. thank you. I just like, <laughs> I can feel your energy through my computer screen and you just feel cool. I'm happy awesome. to have you. Love reading about your book. So Dr. Jolene Brighton, you are a board certified naturopathic endocrinologist, clinical sexologist, and a prominent leader in women's medicine. That's a lot of ifs. <laughs> right? So tell me about yourself. And tell me about your book, Is This Normal? Yeah, well, uh, firstly, nobody usually calls me cool, right straight out the bat. So like, I, I'm I'm really excited about that. Uh, <laughs> and you read my bio. I, You know, the additional thing is that I am a nutrition scientist, which is an extra layer in how I bring a holistic approach to everything. And my new book is, Is This Normal? Which is helping you answer everything you've ever wanted to know about your body, as well as solving the most common issues that come up that are not normal. And helping you answer the question of what is your normal. I love that. And I like I love reading um everything that you do because you know, naturopath or endocrinologist, would you say a scientific nutrition? Nutrition scientist, yeah. Nutrition scientist, yes. Like basically that that doesn't mean as much to me as it does to you because you know about it. But what it does mean to me is that you are comprehensive and well-rounded in your approach. And like, and that's what I love about this. So is this normal? Your book, you talk about things that your sex ed teacher didn't. And we learn about our body and what is our new normal. So I kind of want to, sh I want to share a story with you before I start like really getting into the nitty gritty. Yeah. So, so interesting that this book, I mean, it's so necessary. Let me tell you when I was about mm, prepubescent. Okay. 
I was like, wanted to know about what was going on with my body, like this hair, you know, pubic hair or, or just certain changes that I was going through. And I remember asking my mom, mom, when you were 10 years old, when you were 12 years old, you know, whatever it was, what, what, what do you remember you were like, or when did you start your period? And what was it like mom? And her response was, I don't remember. I don't remember. And so I said to myself, if I ever have a daughter, I don't, I don't want that to happen. So I started taking a diary. I had a diary and I wrote notes down, like how much pubic hair I had and where it was and how old I was. So that I've since lost that diary, but I cared so much about that stuff. And we don't talk about that with our our girls like we should. Why not? Oh, gosh. Well, I mean, for as long as I can remember, and I'm sure most people, like our body has been stigmatized. It's been a significant source of shame. I mean, for the majority of my menstruating life, periods were used as a way to dismiss us, to shame us, um, to even just like degrade us. And it wasn't until 2015, that was the year that was proclaimed the year of the period, where women took to the internet to be like, yes, we bleed. It's normal. This is a normal thing that we go through. But it's been a lot of generations of us being told it's not polite to discuss that. It will make people uncomfortable if you talk about it. And so it's just this whole side of us that we're just not given permission to talk about. And I actually love that you remember that because that's what I remember too. I remember I remember looking yeah. at what to expect when you're expecting yep. and trying to figure out based on that, like what is going on with my body? Like why are my armpits itchy? Oh, what is this hair? What do you do about that hair? What is that hair there for? Like these things that like we all are going through, but nobody's normalizing conversations around it until recently. I mean, even gosh, you know, when you just brought up the period thing and how it's been stigmatized, the uh, memory of Tiger Woods, you know, handing the tampon to to, to like his you know, friend or whatever on the golf course, it's like, you know, trying to be like, oh, you're, you're in a, your period. Oh, boohoo kind of thing. It's like, yeah. no, it's not okay. That's not okay to do. Like, even though yeah. you might get silly or whatever, it's just proliferating this idea that periods, uh, you know, make you weaker. Yeah. And the U.S. team won the World Cup. And then, you know, the gal who scored the winning goal started her period the next day. So tell me. <laughs> really? How do you know that? <laughs> because I know obscure facts. <laughs> but no, I mean, they, the U.S. soccer team attributes one of the reasons why they were so successful and had such a great year is because they started training with their menstrual cycles, which was unlike yes. any other athletic team. All of their athletic teams have these male coaches. You know, they sometimes have female coaches as well, but like they tell them just take the birth control pill. Like don't deal with your cycle. It's too messy. It's too, it's too this. It's too that. It'll make you weaker. And really, that is in part their way of being able to push people further than they should. Because if you lose your period as an athlete, that's problematic. Like we have an issue that we don't have hormones keeping your brain, your bones, your heart healthy. And yet if we put you on the pill, we can just ignore all of that. And we can basically abuse a female athlete's body. And that is happening a lot. So it was really revolutionary for the U.S. soccer team to come out and say, we work with our cycles. We train with our cycles and we even win when we're on our period. I actually knew that they were doing that. And um, I didn't know, like, but now people are actually talking about it. My sister played professional soccer for nine years and she, oh, yeah? mm-hmm, she wasn't on the national team, which is what we're talking about. But um, she, I'm very familiar with, um, 
with everything you're saying. And it's badass. I mean, it's about damn time is what it is. Yeah. So I agree. Speaking about like hormones and periods and and the pill, et cetera, tell me the benefits and the um, downsides of the pill. Yeah. Well, there's lots on both sides. I mean, obviously we know it prevents pregnancy and that could be a downside, right? But like, I don't like it. I don't like the pill. I don't like the way that I like to feel my hormones and what they're doing in my body. I don't like to push them away or have synthetic ones. Is that a bad thing or a good thing? No, I think it's completely valid that you make this choice for your body and that you want to fill your hormones in your own body. I I spent 10 years on the pill and very much brought, uh, you know, bought into this whole mindset of like my hormones made my life hell. And like, why would I ever want to have a period? And like, it's so much better just to shut the whole process down. Knowing what I know now and how I live now, I'm like, man, my hormones give me superpowers. Like they're amazing. But it really, so there is like, there is good and there is bad on, uh, you know, there's lots on each side and it really depends on your risk factors and what's true for you. So yes, mm-hmm. the pregnancy prevention, we know about, everybody talks about that, right? right. Some people do experience clear skin when they're on it. Some people oh. with uh, premenstrual dysphoric disorder or PMDD have more stable moods. They don't have suicidal ideation. Like they feel a lot better on the flip side. Some people get depressed. They have more anxiety. They do have suicidal ideation when they begin the pill. So we have one camp of women who are like, I feel amazing. Like I actually feel like normal in my body because of I'm not having these hormonal fluctuations. And then there are others who are like, I'm having the exact opposite experience because I'm on the pill, which really just lends itself to like, we need to ask questions and we need to understand the individual's experience because, Hmm. you know, we'll hear things like, it reduces ovarian cancer and endometrial cancer risk. True. But if you're having to trade that off for a life you don't love and you don't enjoy because you're having these significant mood issues, like, is this the best thing for reducing cancer? Should we be talking about other ways? So is it? Yeah. Well, it just depends <laughs> on the individual, right? Okay, and, so there, everybody's, okay, and what I would say is that if you do have a family risk, a family history of ovarian cancer, it is not enough to take the pill. And I think that sometimes doctors are like, just take the pill and that's going to reduce your risk. You should also be doing the nutrition, the lifestyle factors, like eating lots of vegetables, getting those antioxidants up, reducing your exposure to endocrine disruptors. You should be doing all of that regardless of your choice to take the pill or not. Uh, because it just gets very myopic of like, this is the one thing that we're doing and it's a much, much larger conversation. So like something that I, I think people talk about with the pill too is libido and how that that mm-hmm. be reduced with the pill. Why is that? Yes. So this is like this, like how does the pill uh, prevent pregnancy? You'll see these jokes on the internet by making it so you don't want to have sex. So When you're on the birth control pill, it is diminishing ovarian output of hormones. This is how it works. This is how it prevents ovulation. Testosterone gets caught up in that mix where testosterone production decreases, but at the same time, a protein in the liver called sex hormone binding globulin increases. So whatever testosterone you do happen to make, it's going to grab onto that. And testosterone is a hormone that lends itself to us fantasizing about sex, um, just having thoughts of sex, the arousal of our tissues, as is estrogen. And while you're on the pill, you're getting this static dose of estrogen. And it's not enough for everybody because some people will report vaginal dryness, pain with sex, uh, developing vaginismus, having chronic yeast infections. And so that is all very problematic when we talk about our sex life because libido isn't just about 
hormones. It's not just about interest in sex. It's also about the context that all of this is happening in. And if the context is it hurts, it doesn't feel good. I'm not having orgasms. I get an infection after we do it. That's going to inhibit your desire further. You know, we just had a guest on, on um, the show a couple of weeks ago and we were talking about libido and um, how Mm -hmm. it's not necessarily just like this animalistic drive all the time. It's no, yeah. It's like creating a scene. And so in in your book, you address, you know, everything from, you know, your menstrual cycle and your hormonal issues and helping with low libido and more pleasure in the bedroom. So are they linked? Yes. So your cyclical self is matched to your libido, your desire for sex. So I love that you brought up like, it's not a drive. Like it's not like thirst. It's not like hunger. It's not like these things that we need or we will die because that's what it gets framed like, which Mm -hmm. only adds more pressure to the situation. And pressure is a great way for people to not want to do it. Like Um, great way to shut it all down. So when it comes to your cyclical self, we've got to talk about like, what is, what is our cycle? So we always start this talk off with the period. I think it's important for people to understand your cycle starts with ovulation. Ovulation comes first, then menstruation. Mm, but okay. it's tricky to know. Like, when are you ovulating compared to like when there's a period? That is very obvious. So we start the conversation with the period. And that is a phase where the uterus is shedding the lining of the endometrial wall. So the tissue that you've built up. Your ovaries, even though your uterus is like, let's clean house, your ovaries are like, let's make hormones, let's get ovulation going. So at that phase of your cycle, hardest time to self-lubricate is going to happen for your period and during your period. So period mm. blood, not a great lubricant. Mm. And because there's not a lot of estrogen, the tissue doesn't self-lubricate in the same way. But because the threat of an unintended pregnancy, so if you don't want a baby and that is something that scares you about sex or you you think about it a lot, that blockade can be removed. Some people find they're in the mood when they're on their period. There's also people that have period pain and they find that sex or orgasms help release the endorphins that they need to get out of pain. It can provide an internal massage if that's the route you're going. And so during that time, that's a time where it's like, you might be really into it or you might be like, "Mm, take it or leave it. Or you might be someone who's like, it's a mess. I don't want to deal with it. That's also normal. After you leave the, leave the period phase, you're still in the follicular phase. That's like the umbrella term for this entire phase. But at that point, estrogen and testosterone are really ramping up. So now you're going to start thinking about sex more. You're going to be more receptive to sexual stimuli that might come from a partner, that might come from your environment. So you might be in the store and you see someone attractive and you're like, oh, or you're on social media and you're like, oh, wow, like, you know, there's a new Thor movie out and I'm seeing ads for this and this is doing it for me Mm -hmm. kind of situation. So this stimuli comes in, you're more receptive to it. You're fantasizing about sex more and your clitoris is more receptive. So your tissues overall, they're going to lubricate better, but your clitoris is like, Not only can we have an orgasm easier, we could have multiples during this time. That's going to be easier to achieve because again, estrogen and testosterone are stimulating the tissues. Now, what's really interesting, I talk about this in the book, is there is a phase of the cycle that researchers are like, this is the sexual phase. Hmm. As soon as I read it, I was like, we're talking about ovulation. Like, I know what the hormones do. This is ovulation. But I love this framing because if you're done having kids, if you don't want to have kids, like whatever it is, but you still want to be this sexual being, this is a great way to frame it of like, okay, yes, you're ovulating around this time, but what's going on with your hormones and why are things so up? So this is going to happen roughly about 
two, three days before luteinizing hormone spikes. That's a brain hormone that triggers ovulation. So what is happening is prior to ovulation, estrogen rises and then it spikes. It's like a flare to the brain and it says the egg's ready. Mm -hmm. Luteinizing hormone drops down, says release the egg. And then about 24 to 48 hours later, that is when the egg is going to be released. And what's left behind is a structure that makes progesterone. And progesterone does the opposite of estrogen and testosterone. It's like, we're done. We're not going to be in the mood. But during that phase, so that two days before that one day of luteinizing hormone, and then that one, two days after, like during that phase of your cycle, you're going to find that everything is heightened. Even like nipple sensitivity is heightened as well in a good way. And so that is where you see these memes where men are like, why is it that women are into us like one day? Like they're totally into us. And then the next they're not. They ovulated, and then after they ovulated, progesterone came in. And that takes us into the luteal phase, which progesterone is lovely, but it also makes it so that you're less inclined to be receptive to sexual stimuli. All of all of this is bringing back my days of IVF. And um, because mm. when I did IVF, um, like everything you're explaining, um, you know, I didn't have the release of the, of the egg. And so there yeah. was no you know, leftover thing to produce progesterone. So I was like taking all these yeah. you know, synthetic hormones and everything. It's like, oh, it's all back. It's all back, which was IVS was, oh, sucked. But anyone um, who struggles with fertility is like literally an expert on the ovulatory <laughs> phase of their cycle. They're like, I know this. I know LH. I know these sticks. Like I know, I know how this works. Uh, yeah. The luteinizing hormone, like this all coming back to me. Um, So I wanted to ask you about period pain. Because you say yeah. in your book that like issues like fatigue, mood swings, and painful periods, they're common, but that doesn't make them normal. Can you mm -hmm. explain this? It's been a lot of generations of us being told periods are just supposed to be awful. Like you're going to be moody. You're going to cry and just want to binge chocolate and it's going to be painful and just expect it. And like, here's your mitol and your heating pad and go along your way. And in reality... Periods don't have to be that painful. It is possible to have periods that are a mild discomfort. It is possible to have periods that sneak up on you, that you're like, yeah. oh, I didn't, yeah, I didn't realize that was coming. And when we have significant pain, like the kind that interrupts our activities of daily living, the kind that makes you vomit or that makes yeah. it to where you're like, I have to be like sucking down ibuprofen. I have to have a hot water bottle in me all the time. That's not normal. And we shouldn't take that as normal because this is part of the story that exists in women's medicine that makes it to where like six out of 10 women with endometriosis don't get the diagnosis they need in their lifetime. Like these statistics that leave us to struggle, that can lead to infertility, that can lead to us not living a full quality life. And sometimes actually very commonly, the fixes are really simple, like making shifts to more omega-3s in your diet, less omega-6s, and bringing in more magnesium-rich foods so that you can shift the prostaglandins, which are the chemicals responsible for making those cramps. I've actually, um, I've, I've experimented with this on my own and tried to like, try to eat right, you know, um, especially when I'm about to start my period, I find that that's yeah. everything right before I start my period, but it's so hard because that's the time when I really am kind of craving the sugar and stuff. Yes. More. But if I stay focused with my brain, my, my, my cycle is, is a piece of cake. That's, yeah. piece of cake, you know, like 
Um, <laughs> but it's normal. So those cravings that you experience in that luteal phase are normal. So estrogen taking a backseat to progesterone means serotonin goes down. And th- by way of that, you don't suppress your appetite in the same way. And you want to reach for carbs to get that serotonin mm-hmm. lift. Uh, then there's progesterone and insulin shifts that are causing anywhere to five to 10% of increase in caloric needs. So you do need to be having more calories. And because we are, we are animals, we are human animals. We want to seek out like the easiest thing that's just going to load us up. So that's going to be like, I want sugar, I want carbs. And that is normal to have that experience. And what I encourage people like one, eat your dark chocolate. If you want dark chocolate, it's got magnesium in it. Like it, it definitely has benefits. If you find that you're like, I just want to binge eat an entire loaf of French bread, or I want to like eat, you know, ton of ice cream, Trying things like getting more sweet potatoes in, like more of these carb starchy mm-hmm. foods, um, even green beans, bringing in these kinds of things, that's going to that's gonna hit that carbohydrate craving and bring you some nutrients. I talk about this in my book, like we're going to eat our cake and have our balanced hormones too. Like there is a way to do this to where you don't feel deprived. You are living a full life and doing exactly what you said. If you stick to like fueling your body with the nutrient dense foods, your period is so much easier. Easier, and yeah. that's possible. And that's very rewarding in itself. I will say that that is something that like <laughs> definitely keeps me going of like, yeah, but yeah. it's so much easier when you do this. Yeah, it really is. This is it. Your moment. This is your time to make your comeback with Purdue Global. When you come back with a Purdue Global degree, you create opportunity for yourself, your family, and your future. It's a degree you can be proud of degree that employers will trust and respect. Purdue Global offers working adults like you over 175 flexible degree programs to meet your specific career goals. These include associate, bachelor's, master's, and doctoral degrees and certificates. Purdue Global degree programs range from nursing to business to communication and more. Whatever your interest, we have the degree that will move you forward. You have the knowledge. You have the experience. Now it's time to get credit for the work you've done and earn the recognition you deserve with Purdue Global, Purdue's online university for working adults. You know you're worth it. We do too. So don't wait another second to get the degree that will take your career to the next level. Start your comeback today at purdueglobal.edu. With every CBD product claiming to do something different, it's nearly impossible to decide what's best for you. Lazarus Naturals pioneered the farm-to-front-door model of transparency where they handle each step of the production process to ensure quality, potency, and consistency. Scannable labels allow you to see the test results of your hemp batch so you can be confident in the safety and quality. Visit LazarusNaturals.com today. Lazarus Naturals, committed to improving your life as well as the world around you. Not available in Idaho, Iowa, or South Dakota. Snag a job is where America goes to hire with the deepest talent pool in hourly hiring. With access to over 6 million active hourly workers, Snagajob is the all-in-one solution for hiring high-quality employees who can cover all your needs. On-demand, temp to hire, part-time or full-time. You name the position. Warehouse worker, retail associate, grocery store clerk, fitness trainer, baker, stylist, bellhop, podcast producer. Yeah, Snagajob's got a worker for that. With our easy-to-use platform, you're able to seamlessly post and fill available positions quickly with a dedicated customer support team to provide all the help you need along the way. Kind of nice knowing you have a talent pool like that in your own backyard, right? 
Snagajob is the partner you need to keep your business running smoothly. So visit snagajob.com or text snag to 242424 to talk to an expert. Snagajob.com, where America goes to hire. Picasso knows your vacation home is your best home. It's the place that brings family and friends together. It's where you're the best version of yourself. Picasso makes it easy to co-own a luxury vacation home in amazing locations. Listings start at 200K for one-eighth ownership. Picasso does the hard parts for you. Luxury furnishings, maintenance, billings, scheduling, and more with a home management team that provides support before, during, and after your stay so you can focus on the relaxing, hosting, and making memories with family and friends. And you can resell on Picasso's marketplace anytime, historically for a 10% gain. With Picasso, you can stop saying someday and start building family traditions today in a vacation home you own and revisit time after time. Visit Picasso.com today to see thousands of luxury vacation home listings. That's P-A-C-A-S-O dot com. Now, I'm 38 years old and I've, I've found that like my, I think my hormones are getting more intense and like my, mm-hmm. my swings are more intense. Is that normal or am I just becoming more aware? Ah, okay. So that is a great question. And I love that you preface it with your age because that brings in the, the talk of perimenopause. So menopause is accepted to begin as early as 45. What is menopause? It is a diagnosis that comes after 12 consecutive months of no period. So you have no period for 12 consecutive months. You are menopausal. The next day you're postmenopausal. So because that's when menopause can happen at 45, perimenopause can be seven to 10 years before that. And so you could start perimenopause at 35 and it is not abnormal to start to experience the decline of progesterone at age 35. So progesterone requires ovulation. There is no progesterone without ovulation. That's where perimenopause in the later stage before menopause can really be hellish because you're irritable because of estrogen and you don't have progesterone to keep you asleep, getting quality sleep, feeling less anxious. And so we can start to see these changes happening at 38 years old. And it's great that you're tuning into that because it is a normal experience when the hormones start to shift to have these symptoms, but it doesn't mean that this has to be your norm right now. Like at 48, okay, I'm still going to do things with you to be like, how do we help this? But at 38, it's like, wow, you're aware of this. So what can we start doing? Tending to our circadian rhythm. So exposure to light in the morning, dark in the evening, making sure we're eating those meals that keep our blood sugar stable and do everything we can to nourish our adrenal glands. Like quality sleep, yes. Stress reduction, yes. Because they are the foundation and very, very important. Once we get into menopause, ovaries are done. It's all about those adrenal glands making hormones for us. So that's one thing that we can do. When we start to notice like the, like, okay, like things are getting kind of wild, like the two days before my period, the week before my period, sometimes increasing vitamin C, taking an herb called Vitax, increasing vitamin B6, making these kinds of shifts along with everything I said with the adrenal glands can help you optimize your progesterone levels. So it is a smoother ride taking you through that luteal phase. I, I started taking um, these vi- these gummy vitamins during my, like when I'm on my cycle, Um, they're called flow vitamins. I don't even mm-hmm. actually know like what they do or anything, but they help. <laughs> You're like, I don't know. I just do it. <laughs> they said to do it. So I did it. And it seems to be, <laughs> seems to help. 
and it's like a nice little craving satisfier too. Um, mm-hmm. So, so I am, I guess I am doing the right thing. I'm taking like the vitamins that Flo told me to take, you know, <laughs> so, but I want to talk more about pain, period pain. Mm-hmm. And cause you said that it doesn't necessarily, it just because it's common doesn't make it normal. And do you think that doctors have downplayed the severity of these women's issues like this? Pain has been downplayed. I actually detailed the research in my book of how much we know about how doctors downplay women's pain. There's a narrative of like, oh, women, they just have a higher pain threshold. I mean, in some ways it feels true because we see these men putting on TENS units, mimicking the period who can't even speak. And women are like going to work, like showing up. Oh my gosh, wait, seriously? I haven't seen this. I have to watch. Oh gosh. Yeah, there's all these viral videos, like men like almost throwing up. There was actually, um, I did like a a little duet with this uh, interview of Young Gravy and they were asking him interview questions and like turning up the the period cramp stimulate simulator, and uh, there he ends up on the floor and is just no. like, oh my god, I like can't. And that is, you know, part of the experience which makes it so it's like, oh, well, women, they have a higher threshold for pain. So there's that one narrative. The other side of it is women are hysterical. They're hypochondriacs. Like they just complain about everything. um, And we don't have to take that seriously. And so it is largely dismissed. It's why certain medical conditions get missed. It's why women have been dismissed in the hospital while they're having heart attacks because their pain is just not taken seriously overall. And when it comes to period pain, the narrative is that's just how periods are. And when you have doctors who are not trained in nutrition, they don't know the hacks. They don't know that like, okay, we have a chemical called prostaglandins. These are hormone-like chemicals that stimulate the uterus to contract. When you have a baby, they get crazy. Like that's what they got to do, but they shouldn't be doing that every single month. So if you feel like, oh gosh, this is similar to having a baby, like that's just way too potent to pop prostaglandins going on. If you're having cramps and you're having diarrhea on your period, prostaglandins are too potent. Really? Yes. I thought that was, thought that was normal. Like having diarrhea, yeah. period, period, the period. The I know time. everyone's like, it's the period poops. Like it's just yeah. a thing. Um, And yet it's a sign that those prostaglandins, so they don't care what they're stimulating. They're like, you know what? Muscle of the intestines, muscle of the uterus, cramp it down, cramp it down. And so if you, this is something I ask my patients when they're like, I'm having cramps, like it's pretty significant. And I'll ask like, are you also having diarrhea? They're like, how did you know? I'm like, I'm just a psychic. No, it's because that tells me prostaglandins are really potent. So they're made from omega fatty acids. If we can increase cold water fish, Things like chia seeds, um, ground flax mm. seeds in the diet, those are also going to provide you fiber. That can help increase your omega-3 fatty acids while you start to pull out some of the processed foods and the omega-6 sources. Omega-6 is not bad, but when we have an imbalance, which the standard American diet is very heavy in omega-6s, that is going to make cramping much more intense. So you can make that one shift. Magnesium, I talked about this before. If somebody struggles with significant cramps, Mm-hmm. I usually say magnesium glycinate, 300 milligrams every day before your period, maybe kicking it up to 600 milligrams. So you're doing 300 milligrams twice a day to really try to combat the prostaglandins, but also add in that muscle relaxing support. So you can take a supplement and then over time be bringing in more foods like avocado is a great source of nutrients that are going to support your hormones, support your gut health so you can eliminate your estrogen efficiently and provide you nutrients that make these prostaglandins much less potent. 
I don't know why I didn't think about this because as you're telling me this, I, when I was pregnant with my, my kids, I had, um, I had, contra- I was contracting like 20 weeks way too early. Mm-hmm. And so my midwife had me, um, have a cup of tea, magnesium tea. It was yeah. that calm, you know, the powder. Oh, yeah. I, had, I had a cup of that every night to like calm it all down. I don't know why I didn't take that concept and shift it into like my regular cycle that I'm experiencing. Yeah. It makes so much sense. But be careful if you have period diarrhea because that form is magnesium citrate and that can actually cause diarrhea in some yeah, people. The two. Yeah, that form can actually pull water into the intestines. So if you're like postpartum and you're scared of that first period poop, like yeah, calm. That magnesium citrate can be yeah. really, really helpful or if you're having constipation. But if your bowels are already loose, then we want to we want to use caution. That's not the best form of magnesium to use at that time. You talk to a lot of women about treating their anxiety and you say that time of day matters. Can you tell me about that? Yeah. Like, so what should we be paying attention to what does time of day mean? So when we think about time of day, like when is your anxiety coming on? Is it coming on following a cup of coffee? Could Mm -hmm. it be that coffee's an issue? Is it coming on, you know, following a meal that didn't, that was like really carb laden and then you're experiencing anxiety later? Is that actually just like a hangry signal, right? You're trying to liberate blood sugar, your epinephrine, norepinephrine is popping off. Is it happening in the evening? And in particular, before your period comes on, that can be a sign that it's coming from low progesterone in your system. And so progesterone can be the issue. So our hormones can really be at play in all of this. If you wake up in the middle of the night and you're anxious and you're feeling panicky, but you're also hungry and you decided to like eat a really light dinner, this could be adrenal related. And so understanding like the timing of things, when does anxiety come on in your cycle during the time of day, that can help you start to pinpoint what is going on. And sometimes it's like, my anxiety always comes up when I first get to work. Like, do you hate your boss? Do you have a commute? Like, is it a lifestyle thing that your hormones are responding to what is happening in your life? Hmm. Okay. Is there any way to be able to to learn about our hormones without getting blood work? So the interesting thing is that if you are perimenopausal, we don't actually have a way to diagnose that. And a lot of times doctors are not testing the hormones because they are so changeable during that phase, especially late perimenopause. And so in my book, I have a whole chart of different hormones and the symptoms associated with it, you can do a self-evaluation. These are the same things I would ask you in my office. And if I am going to run testing, these are going to help guide what testing I choose. Hmm. When it comes to something like thyroid, we have to do blood work to understand what is going on with that particular hormone. With the other ones, so for example, if you have high androgens, leading to acne, cystic acne, oily skin, hair loss on your head, hair growth on your chin, chest, abdomen. We can go based off of those symptoms if we're looking at a picture of of PCOS, for example. So it depends on the hormones we're talking about. And that's what I really help guide you in the book to understand is what is your hormonal baseline, which could be problematic, and then which do you definitely need to get blood work done so that you can understand what is going on there and the best treatment. So um, before we wrap up, I kind of want to switch gears a little bit because I I talk to a lot of women of children asking me for advice on how to talk to their children about sex. Mm -hmm. And you talk about this in, in the book as well. So if schools were to add 
one bit to women's health education. What do you think is the most important thing that girls growing up should know that they aren't learning right now? If I was to add one thing to sex education in the United States, it would be consent. It would be the subject of consent and teaching all genders consent because this is, the countries that are doing this have way less violence happening against women when it comes to sexual assault. They're having both people in a, in a couple come together with more pleasurable experiences. Like the outcomes are so much better. And currently the CDC just reported that the mental health of teen girls is tanking and their recommendation is that they should learn how to negotiate sex better not the recommendation that we should actually teach the male counterparts who tend to be the trauma inducers, whether they intend to or not. We haven't given them the playbook of like how to approach sex, how to approach this dynamic. And sometimes it is overtly assault. And sometimes it is like, I didn't know that that wasn't consent. So I do talk about that in the book. That is a major thing that I would change in terms of specifically for what I want women to understand about their body. I would teach them about their menstrual cycle in the detail that you would teach a woman who's struggling to conceive so that they understand the parameters of what's normal and what's not normal. Because when it's not normal, they can get help from their provider so much sooner. They can save themselves so much heartache. And in some instances, they can save themselves from developing chronic diseases. Like we see with polycystic ovarian syndrome or hypothyroidism that can show up with irregular periods. And you're going along thinking like, oh, that's normal. Meanwhile, you're developing cardiovascular disease. You're developing diabetes. Like you're developing these things that you don't have to that can absolutely be prevented. And so I really think it's a disservice that it isn't until you struggle and you have heartbreak in trying to conceive that it's like, let us break it down and explain everything to you. Because in understanding all of those aspects of your cycle, you can right away identify what's normal, what's not, and know what is true for you so that you can get the help when you need it. But also, there's such simple fixes so that you can live in harmony and really harness the superpowers of your hormones rather than feeling like you're at the mercy of them. When do we start talking to our girls about this? What age? So if you consider that the average girl is going to start her period at 12, it definitely needs to happen before then. But we also know that we have girls starting their period at eight. So it's something that I think normalizing the conversation in your house leaving tampons out. So when they're young, they ask questions about those. And you just, this is the thing. I think that as adults, we know all this stuff. And then we have, a, like, I am a parent. I have anxiety about the questions that my children ask too. And I'm like, oh God, like I, how much do I tell them? You only tell them what they're asking. And that's as far, and they will let you know when they need, they need more information. So my son is 10 and just pieced together. Like, so, so he had asked where do babies come from? We talked about that there's a mommy seed, a daddy seed, like these come together. What are we talking about? Sperm, egg, like this is the way that we framed it because he wanted to know this about my body. So people understand, like make it about your dynamic in your home. And then that was probably like around five. And it wasn't until he was 10 that he was like, wait a minute, how did they get together? Where did they come from? Then we answered the next step of the question. And I also asked him, okay, at any point, if you're like, stop, I don't want to hear anymore, mm. you go ahead and tell me. But otherwise, I'm going to answer every question that comes. And so uh, the funniest part about this conversation is when he broke down into tears because he automatically thought that I must be hurting my husband. And he was like, poor dad, you have to like, really get not that out of him. 
I know. I was like, I'm going to tell you that I'm not hurting him, but you need to hear it from him because like you shouldn't trust me about someone else's experience. You should talk to them about their experience. Uh, But my husband's like, uh, it's not painful. Like uh, like, what? Um, We didn't see that coming, but that's the thing is that they're going to ask you things. You're not going to see it coming, but just take it to the place where they ask and say no more. So initially with my son and my period, he's like, saw blood and he's like, oh my God, you must be hurt. And I'm like, no, monthly I do this. Why do you, why do you do this? My body prepares for a baby when there's not, this is what happens. Okay, cool. (laughs) That was it. And it's only been over time that he asked more of these questions. And so I think just making it normal in your family, like, and, and, you know, leaving, like making it, you're not hiding tampons, you're not hiding this stuff from them, but certainly, you know, with our young girls starting to have that conversation, having that conversation from a place of how it's normal for your body. Really, you know, I've been asked so many times about this book, like, oh, how young is too young to read your book? Like what age of child? And I like very clear, I did not write this book for children. And in fact, there's not a conversation in this book that I should have with your child first. Mm -hmm. You should read this book first. You should bring up this conversation with them because I want you to be the authority on your body, but also the authority in their life that rather than running to the internet or running to social media or running to their friends, they've got a problem and they come to you because they know they can trust you and you've been their guide all along. That's my intention with this book, not to take the power out of your hands to parent your child or take over the information that can really bridge a strong relationship that will serve you throughout their entire lifetime. Dr. Brighton, thank you so much for coming on. Where can we get your book? You can get my book anywhere the books are sold. It's called Is This Normal? And uh, you can, you know, I was going to say, like, you can support your local bookstore, but if you also decide to go, like, the Amazon route, you can certainly do that as well. And wherever you choose to pick it up, I really just want to hear about it. What do you think? Give me your thoughts because I this book is really guided by what my patients, my readers, my social media followers have asked me. And that's how I know what I need to bring into the world to serve you. I can't wait to read it. I've This has been so informative. Thank you so much. Yeah, thank you. I felt like my conversation with Dr. Brighton was just about me. So I hope that you guys got a lot out of that. But what really stuck with me, and I wrote this in all caps, is consent, 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 because it seems so natural. Why do we have to teach consent? But it does make sense. And there are situations, since we, as a culture, we don't talk about sex that often, especially with young kids. So even during sex, it's like, well, should we try this? Should we not try this? There's not like a whole lot of conversation around that. But if we start to teach our children, just consent, just ask the person, is this okay? Do you want to do this? Wow. That really goes a long way. So I'm going to take that with me. All right, you guys, next week on Intimate Knowledge. I'll see you then. Bye-bye. Subscribe to Intimate Knowledge on iHeartRadio or wherever you listen to podcasts. With every CBD product claiming to do something different, it's nearly impossible to decide what's best for you. Lazarus Naturals pioneered the farm-to-front-door model of transparency where they handle each step of the production process to ensure quality, potency, and consistency. Scannable labels allow you to see the test results of your hemp batch so you can be confident in the safety and quality. Visit LazarusNaturals.com today. Lazarus Naturals, committed to improving your life as well as the world around you. Not available in Idaho, Iowa, or South Dakota. Picasso knows your vacation home is your best home. 
It's the place that brings family and friends together. It's where you're the best version of yourself. Picasso makes it easy to co-own a luxury vacation home in amazing locations. Listings start at 200K for one-eighth ownership. Picasso does all the work for you. Luxury furnishings, maintenance, billing, scheduling, and more. And you can resell on Picasso's marketplace anytime, historically for a 10% gain. Visit Picasso to see thousands of listings. That's P-A-C-A-S-O dot com. Whether you're a savvy spender maximizing your savings with cashback rewards, a thrifty rate watcher seeking the lowest interest, or a travel enthusiast looking for extraordinary perks, Kemba Financial Credit Union has a visa to complement your lifestyle and unique needs. Apply today at Kemba.org to unlock a limited time 2% cash back on purchases and pay 0% interest on balance transfers for an entire year with a new visa from Kemba. You deserve a card that works for you. Restrictions apply. Offer ends June 30th, 2024. Hey guys, back at the playground again, huh? Yep. You know what this playground could use? A wine country. Heck yeah. And some waves, so we could go surfing. Oh, <laughs> ah, love that. A redwood forest would be cool. I'm in. Ah, ski slopes. Let's do it. Um, tenor girl go shopping. Yeah, baby. Wait. Did we just invent California? Discover why California is the ultimate playground at visitcalifornia.com.